Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. I thought of a lot of different ways to lead us into this episode, and that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't any of them. That wasn't any of my ideas for how to how to how to um, bring us back after a month off. Dave, we've been off a month. What's been going on with you? Oh, what's been going on with me? I have been finishing up the year strong as an avid movie watcher and just this marathoning don't like don't crazy. pollute my, sh- my 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 podcast with this fucking discourse i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna plug my show or anything like that no but I, I, I don't I, care I, you can plug the show it's fine it's just this, this thing where you're like you you pathologically need to talk about the number of movies that you've seen well you literally asked me what <laughs> i know but i should have okay so what, it's my what, do you fault. think there's time for anything else i mean i should have caveated tell me anything other than that I, sleeping uh, cooking a little bit. Uh, 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 I still work at Wax Tracks one day a week. You can celebrate <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> you're a joy. You're a joy. You can't celebrate Christmas. What do you do if someone actually like got mad or offended at that character? Oh, whatever whatever no. that character is. Oh, no. <laughs> They could take all this. All this. <laughs> they could take my empire from me. I've been guesting on a lot of podcasts lately, and uh, you know, and I'm I, pissed I, off I, now because, like, I asked you to book stuff for me. You know, I'm not good at that, and I don't never, I don't ever do it. I'm gonna you start doing. You could easily that. be booking me on things, and you're making the choice not to. I'm gonna start doing Actively. that. But, but what I was gonna say is that I've been, I, I always make sure to plug Bird Road in the process, and it's. <laughs> It's just like, it's funny because like we haven't done an episode in a month, you know, and I'm like, yeah, make sure to check out Bird Road, you know, it's. uh... So, well, that's nice. I suppose you'll come up with um, some plans for Christmas or or whatever. Um, There's been a lot going on in the month that we've been off. Mm -hmm. And are you going to, what are you going to, you had a theory already about the $600 um, checks. Did you want to share that? Talk about why. (laughs) Why the six hundred? We we got news today that we're definitely all getting six hundred dollar checks, except depending on what you read, maybe like some people won't be getting them. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, what was your theory? My theory is that they they perfectly gave us a stipend that will uh, allow us to purchase PlayStation fives. It's it's like it's like it lines right up. But don't there need to be PlayStation fives? <laughs> I, I think you could still get them. Uh, you could always go get a uh, an Xbox One Series X if they're if they're out of stock. That? Nobody Does wants anybody that. Want, nobody wants that. No. How would you recommend a lapsed gamer like me if I decided to just like waste what little potential of uh, you know fulfilling extracurricular life 
I, I might have if I decided to get back into gaming? Like, what would be your strategy for me to like do it? Do I get like a PC? Do I get a you know uh, a, a PS Five? Like, what, what 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 would what? How would you how would you bring me back in if you were my gaming concierge? How would you bring me back into the world of gaming? I definitely don't want you getting into PC gaming. I think it would just be an endless headache for you. It's <laughs> just nonstop problems. I would be problems. constantly emailing you, be like, "My Lenovo plugin <laughs> is not working." <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't even know what what if a Lenovo. That might that might be a thing. <laughs> might be a thing. Like serious gamers, like um, like like Will, like Knox Prime. Mm-hmm. What are they playing on when they come home and they sit down and they? play games what are they playing on? will actually just jumped into the whole pc master race thing um so yeah he, he's becoming Wait, a pc gamer fuck? that mean that means like pc is the best that, 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 yeah be, because it really it is if you're willing to take the time with it but you know that that's like any computer like getting a, a, a podcast up and running is all these issues that you have to run into it's the same thing with games like there's no game where you just double click it and it starts running and it's perfect and there's no issues whatsoever. It's just, there's all kinds of moving parts and settings and, and shit to deal with. And one person's experience with a game on a PC is not the same as the next person's. So it's just like a whole different world. But if you're willing to put in the effort and time and money, you get the best possible version of whatever game that is. So you would bring me into the console arena. I yes. suppose. Yes. Which would lead to what? X- what, do you, what do you mostly play? An Xbox I actually play Nintendo. I play Nintendo Switch. Um, I, I'm because I, I like playing portable, and and, and the that Switch makes is you just awesome. Like what? Like you're like a baby. A, you're not... <laughs> it's like if you I like Mario. Compare it to to like music. If like there's, it's like you're a Stones fan, or you're a Beatles fan, or like a Teletubbies fan. Yeah, and you're like a Teletubby. Pretty much, yeah. Fan. But they're the best right. game. It's got the best games, and it's the perfect fucking system. So fuck. Do everyone. they still have the Mario? What is the like latest Mario Kart? Or like Mario Kart was the popular thing when we were like in college, right? So like, what is the what is the 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 universal game that everybody sits down and plays. Now. Well, it's still Mario Kart, but I would say that Super Smash Brothers has eclipsed Mario Kart as far as the game that okay. you play with friends and all that stuff. The the yeah. most popular game is those Animal Crossing games, which that I can't get but into. But that's on your phone, isn't that on your? No, phone? No, no, that's on Nintendo Switch. I'm thinking of Among Us. Among Us is oh, on your yeah. phone, I think. Although Among Us came out on Switch this week, actually. Uh, Breaking that's not like breaking a game news. You play that's like a real yeah. game, isn't it? Like, yeah, like it it is more puzzles. of a phone game, but I guess you know the Switch you could take it with Social you, so game. it makes sense. But uh, it's but like yeah. I think of I think of that as like words with friends. It's like right. a different category of games. Yeah, and I've well, never played any of these games. All I, of it is available on everything. though. that's the thing though. Like every system has become basically the same thing. And that's part yeah. of the reason I love Switch is because yeah, it's got all the same shit games that. PlayStation has, computer has, your phone has, but then it's got Mario too. So that that's the you know the great thing that Nintendo is always going to have. So we talked about the six hundred dollar um, stimulus package. We just got news today. This is from the New York Times. Lawmakers have given themselves twenty four hours to finalize the nine hundred billion dollar coronavirus relief deal and approve legislation to keep the government funded for the rest of the fiscal year. The deal needs. Mr. Trump's signature, I guess on first reference, they don't call him President Trump, <laughs> needs uh, Mr. Trump's signature, but it bears in part the imprint of the man who is about to succeed him. Um, so this is from a briefing, and some of the high points are that like 
uh, uh, I don't know. We're all get, supposed to get six hundred dollar checks. Like that's what the the sort of the conceit of what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a two point three trillion dollar bailout, or not really a bailout. I don't know. I don't know what you would call that. Just like an omnibus bill, basically. That is um, the largest piece of like allocation of funding by dollars hmm. in the history of the country. Um, you know, it's it's one of these annoying things where like it, the more you read into the deal, the de- details of this deal, and how you got from the proposed twelve hundred dollars down to six hundred dollars, it's never like I don't. I feel like it's not adequately spelled out. Where it's like, oh well, you know, d- Democrats were able to get like what what was the what was the one cons- consideration that they were able to get? They were able to get some sort of consideration about um, oh, uh, in- increased earned income, uh, you know, earned income tax credit or the child tax credit, right? Mm-hmm. So like they were able to get that into the bill. So like you can you know now not you because you don't have any kids and you probably don't even pay income taxes, but like um the uh, like a normal human being is able to like um you know take more advantage of the these fluffy ridiculous uh tax credits that I mean nobody ever actually feels the benefit of them. They just all happen in the background and there's some of the worst policy that's out there because it's like this whole, uh, you know, Democrat style of, you know, giving people tax credits and refunds and things like that so that you never really feel it. it it's never like you never you never associate any good feeling with the Democratic Party. So you never associate them with helping you. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, they were able to secure that. But in exchange for securing that, they had to give um some kind of like huge uh you know payout to you know the, the the republicans were on the other side of the negotiating table here and they had to give um what the republicans were asking for were these enormous corporate like just straight up payments to, to corporations to large corporations mm-hmm. and the way that it's written about in the new york times and then also on like various social media uh media like outlets on their like social media posts about this deal is it's just like, well, you know, that's just a normal part of the deal. And it's like, well, who the fuck is asking for that part? Right. Like who are the Republicans? Like, like why is it just assumed like, Oh yeah, well Republicans are going to want that. And that's just above any kind of empirical criticism. Like it should just be called out that that's like, like, well, Republicans want to sh- to shoot a retarded child. <laughs> and uh, Democrats, of course, want to, you know, give that child's parents, um, you know, some money to be able to support him throughout his life and after they die. Was it always and, this uh, way? You know, we just got to we just got to negotiate. We got to negotiate because they want to yeah. shoot him and the Democrats want to, you know, give him money. And both things are equally the same. And so we just have to, you know, figure out what a you know what a happy medium can be no man i mean I, yeah to, to some degree i think that what's different is the like level of shamelessness i forget what, what it was the other day but there was something oh it was the thing with marco rubio i don't know if you saw this but like um marco rubio the senator from florida just posted on social media a picture of himself you know, I think he's like 47 or 48 or something like that. Perfectly healthy, former athlete, like in, in good shape, probably a guy who takes care of himself. Um, 
get just getting the coronavirus vaccine. Mm-hmm. Just getting it. Like with like shamelessly. And in my yeah. mind, I'm like, that's the kind of thing that probably always happened in the corridors of power in the past, but nobody would have the fucking balls to post that shit on social media or put it out there that they were jumping the line. And later on it came out that like there's this I don't know, I guess there's some sort of like contingency plan um for like continuation of governance that allows members of Congress and I guess certain people in their staff to 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 get the coronavirus vaccine early. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just think about the optics of that. If you're somebody that was advising him, you'd be like, no, don't. First of all, maybe think about not doing it so that you can say that you waited and that you, you know, that you 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 waited until it was your turn, understanding that you're part of a low risk group and extremely maybe high wait, maybe runner. wait a week, like one week. <laughs> wait a fucking week. Wait a little bit of time. Yeah. First of all, Marco Rubio is not showing up to do his job at all. He doesn't he doesn't do his job. He hasn't made public appearances or like been in the public spotlight. He hasn't been out there like shaking hands. He hasn't been doing fucking anything for like. I mean, his entire most recent term, I think he's he's four years into his term. I don't think I've seen him outside of wherever, whatever little fucking cave he lives in. I haven't seen him outside of it one time. Like, I mean, he's my senator. I haven't seen him anywhere. And I'm out there. I was before March out there a lot. Mm-hmm. Never fucking saw this guy out in the, in, in the world. The few times that that, that, um, that you he pops his head out in an airport or something like that. You've got guys like uh, Thomas Kennedy, who's friend of the show, like ambushing him and asking him hard questions. And so now he won't like, he won't pop. He's like a fucking groundhog. He won't pop his head out. Um, So yeah, I guess it's just like, it's like more shameless, I I guess. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I, uh, that's the main thing to me. Like I said, like wait a week, like it's immediately, Day one, these people were like already posing for photo ops and all that. Yeah, I know. And I, 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 what do you, what do you make of the thing where it's like, okay, so there were some recent. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys have some of these too. Maybe you have some of these off the top of your head that you can you can pull out. But they're what they're doing now is they're polling people and groups and stuff like that to say like when you know are you going to get the uh it's ridiculous we have to pull people for this stuff but like uh, only in this country um when are you going to get the vaccine or are you going to get the vaccine and like for instance um one of the like mediocre sort of lesser counties in florida i forget which one it was but they, they had a bunch of results where it was like okay well they 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 surveyed the actual healthcare workers in that county and only like 28% of them said they're going to get the healthcare workers in the county. Mm-hmm. Only 28% of them said definitely they were going to get the the um, the vaccine as soon as possible. And then something like 45% of them or something like that was uh, said like they will not get the vaccine. And then another 22% said that they're going to wait and see. And this is the healthcare workers. And they had like um, in that same county law enforcement. It's like eighty percent of them said like they're not going to get the vaccine. Fucking scary! It's it's so goddamn <laughs> scary how how quick this, like it's like a wave of just stupidity just spreading around. I mean, not that well, it like, hasn't been there, but is is it, it's like, and I, I put on the on the notes, uh, we're that that we're still having this argument. I'm not even sure if it's worth talking about, 
but the most recent um Florida politics uh, link that I put on there was about um you know this is just yesterday I suppose eleven thousand new test positive uh, positive tests in Florida one hundred and fifteen confirmed dead in Monday's pandemic report so that's today and that was posted like uh, nine hours ago and so who knows how that's moved or whatever but like if you look at the comments on the Facebook post of that right. It's still like a 50-50 split where it's like 50% of the people are like, oh, Ron DeSantis wants us all to die. And then it's like, okay, well, it's like everybody wear masks and stay indoors. And then it's like another 50% that are still saying things like, uh, I heard from my cousin that they're counting motorcycle deaths as Uh COVID deaths. And it's just like, we're in, we're almost in January at this point. Like we're we're super far into this. There's already data out there that shows that there's like 350,000 more dead people in 2019 than there are in normal years, and the year's not even over yet. Yeah. Like they call that uh, excess death, right? There's 350,000 excess deaths this year. That's like a 14 percent rise. Well, they're still of, they're still comparing it to death. the amount of people who die from the flu. So that yeah, that's, which is like a still total a of like twenty five thousand people a year. Yeah, but they're, they're counting it based against how many people have died, like over the last hundred years or something like that. That's their comparison number. Well, if you count up how many people have ever yeah. maybe died <laughs> yeah. from anything, the the thing that that, the thing like, I've been seeing a lot lately is the uh, that video that supposedly shows a fake syringe being used. That is spreading so fucking fast. It's like I haven't even seen that. It's horrifying. Well, from what I read, you know, the the perfectly rational explanation is that it's a a genuine kind of syringe that it looks like it retracts because it it, um, for for people have trouble getting needles. It, you know, doesn't you know, it's not as aggressive in the process, you know, but people latched onto it. Oh, look, it's one of those, like those fake knives you get at, uh, at Halloween that retract when you stab away before it does the job. Yeah. Yeah. So these people think it's a fake vaccine that it's just a staged photo op thing. So that's what what they're spreading it around. Is that instead of making the substance of the vaccine, just sugar water or a placebo. Yeah. Instead, (laughs) the perpetrators of this fraud are trying to swap out the hardware (laughs) on a global scale. (laughs) Hardware, by the way, the provenance and supply chain of which they don't control. (laughs) So like, like Moderna, which does not <laughs> manufacture needles it is instead of like making a fake <laughs> serum or a placebo they're going the extra mile to like engage and and conspire with whoever the ma- the myriad manufacturers globally of this of of uh hypodermic needles and being like listen you have to keep this to yourself yeah and then you got you got to also think if they're using fake needles, does it still have a microchip in it? Like, wait, wait. yeah, but how's the microchip getting? <laughs> how's into it getting you? into you? Pick What's a fucking lane. Pick a fucking lane. Are you getting chipped, or are you getting fake needled? Fucking fucking a man. People but that's the problem. Scared. That's the thing. Remember, we were talking about this a while back, though. Like about, I think it was in the context of QAnon, where, like. There's a point you reach in adoption of um, conspiracy theory where, like, 
it becomes a universe like it, it's a universal adapter and that's the scary thing i mean i remember reading about some some guy who was analyzing uh QAnon talking about that and saying that it's a it's the 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 power of that specific conspiracy theory compared to i don't know like JFK or 911 or whatever other things that you believe in or or other people believe it have have believed in or have gained traction the difference is that like the um you can put anything into this box mm-hmm. like it can be vaccine denial it can be um what was the thing where they were saying 280,000 children every year were being abducted right right yeah which is insane because in like 10 years there'd be no children <laughs> like the children would all be gone if that was happening there wouldn't be children left they'd be like damn remember we used to have like 10 million children and they're all gone that's wild how did that even happen and like and where are they did hillary eat all of them like i mean how many how many kids can she eat so, I, I can't even but, take it anymore. It's, it's so stupid. I will say this, though. The only thing that is stupider than thinking that all conspiracies, conspiracy theories are true, the only thing stupider than that is thinking that no conspiracy theories are true. Sure, yeah. Because there are... De- <laughs> and that's the fucked up thing, is like you see a lot of the stuff that, that the that the state and that the government does. And um, like, for instance, this woman, Rebecca Jones, who we've talked about, I think, before on the show, who was a data scientist and um, has sort of a, a colorful background. But like so far, she's proven to be pretty much pretty right. Something she's presented without any evidence. It's just been sort of like sourced from her her former position with the state of Florida. She's been a real thorn in the side of um of this of Ron DeSantis, the governor here, and uh and the um you know the the sort the whole public health system here that she used to work for until she was um you know shit canned for being a whistleblower. And which by the way, wasn't that supposed to be illegal? Wasn't it supposed to be illegal to fire whistleblowers? I guess like yeah, that's just another so. thing that just not a thing anymore. Like you can just straight up fire fire whistleblowers now. Um, but anyway, uh, the government raided her house. Did you see the video of this or no? No. Mm-mm. The uh, yeah, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement like busted in her door, guns drawn. Uh, I don't think they busted in her door. Technically, they like were pounding on her door and for twenty minutes or something until she opened up. Um, came in, walked into the, her hallway through her foyer. Um, pulled their guns and pointed them upstairs and uh, took possession of her laptop. Now, she was using her computer as an independent data scientist with not with any um, proprietary information or, or not, she hadn't stolen anything. Um, at least she says, who knows what might come out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know this, this woman. She might have stolen stuff, but she says she never stole anything. She just used publicly information data public publicly available information and data to create a competing but more accurate covid tracker mm-hmm. than what florida had and was holding it up as an example of like why why and how florida the state of florida was lying about covid infection rates and all these all this data points right so like if you believe that the that 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 those law enforcement agents were just busting in there because they'd gotten some report that she had some like piece of hardware or software that she'd stolen from her job 
then you're a fucking mark. You're a fucking loser. You're a fucking dipshit. You're the same guy. You're the same fucking moron that believes that um, Hillary Clinton is is drinking adrenochrome out of little children. You're just as stupid as that guy. You're just as stupid as the person that you make fun of because of the crazy conspiracy theories that they believe in. What are you fucking... You must be an idiot that you think that that they didn't fucking send those goons to fucking rouse this 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 lady. Of course they did, dude. Of course, like that's why I say like you would love for the circumstance to be that like it's just easy to point at this stuff and be like, no, these people are wrong a hundred percent of the time, but they're not. Like conspiracy theorists are right sometimes. A lot of times, especially these days. Eh, I, I, I'd back up a little from a lot of times, but yeah, otherwise Dude, you have a good point. They said, they said <laughs> there were th- for 30 years, people said that the Gulf of Tonkin was a conspiracy theory. And then it just like casually in like the late nineties, it was like, oh yeah, by the way, the Gulf of Tonkin was actually a, you know, a fake thing. It mm. didn't actually happen. And oh, oh, okay. No big deal. We just got into a war in Vietnam. That killed like I don't know, a hundred fifty thousand soldiers and like a million Vietnamese people. No big deal. Just a, a conspiracy theory that absolutely one hundred percent turned out to be true. That, like, that that's a good example. So, <laughs> <laughs> good. I I accept your apology. Uh huh. <laughs> um. So the main thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, and that I asked you to kind of read up on a little bit today was um, here in Miami. We've had some developments with respect to our local economy and some new arrivals and people that are that they haven't even really gotten here yet, but they say that they're getting here. So our mayor, Francis Suarez, the city of Miami's mayor, I don't live in the city of Miami, uh, but I do work there, Uh, but not anymore, really. Um, I work from home mostly, but I am in the city of Miami. I'm a a, a denizen of the city of Miami. (laughs) Just like you, you don't live in Las Vegas, technically. You live right. in some bullshit called Paradise or That's something. That's right. Or what is it called? Like Enterprise. Yeah. I, I always forget which one it is because there's nowhere that that ever comes up in my life. So Right. There's yeah. no real address of that. Yeah. yeah. Just like there's no address that says Miami-Dade County on it, which is where I live. But, right. it, you know, I just write Miami and um, whatever. Anyway... Francis Suarez is the mayor, not to be confused with Daniela Levinkava, who is the mayor of the county. He is the mayor of the city of Miami. Uh, he has been making this sort of really shallow PR effort, like this like low, low, real low effort, you know, kind of, hey, move here type pitch that I guess that's really what mayors are there for is to try to get industries and to try to get rich people, a tax base, try to build up tax base and get it to move um, to their area. And he's gotten some 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 nibbles, right? He's had a handful. Uh, this is from um, Rob Wiles article uh, at the Miami Herald. Silicon Valley exiles are seizing on Miami. Local techies are holding their breath. And I'll, I'll just read from his piece, uh, which is on MiamiHerald.com. Greater Miami leaders have spent the past decade making the case that the region could become a global tech hub. As COVID-19 hit, a handful of technology professionals looking to exit Silicon Valley and other traditional tech centers began choosing the Magic City as their remote work destination of choice. Now, many have begun talking and in some cases making the move permanently. Suddenly, the area's long-standing goal of transformation seems much closer to reality. So what he's talking about here is a bunch of these sort of like funders and VC venture capital guys and you know Silicon Valley types 
who are um, not, if you read deeper into this, they're not necessarily in love with Miami or Florida because, like, it's a little rough around the edges here for people like this. Mm. Um, but what, they, what they've had enough of is California. Right. They've had enough of California specifically, you know, telling them what to do the regulatory atmosphere of California, which um, I know people love to shit on regulatory environments, but by the way, regulatory environments keep a place livable. If you have no regulations, you end up like, you know, living with uh, with red tide pouring up on your lawn in, uh, in like outside Lake Okeechobee. You end up with enormous, you know, hundreds of millions of gallons of human feces being sprayed into the into the water in Miami Beach. You end up with, you know, um, 10 miles to the south of where I am right now, a fucking ticking time bomb disaster of a, of a, uh, a, a nuclear power plant like Turkey Point that is just waiting to be, you know, the next fucking global calamity, right? You have lax regulations in places where the standard of living is not as good and say what you will about California. Um, but the standard of living there, it's better. There's better schools. There are better opportunities. Um, even with all the uh, natural disasters that they face, they still uh, can't hold a candle to how fucked up things are here. Mm-hmm. And um, if there were ever, by the way, like huge widespread forest fires that required human coordinated human response and like, you know, some sort of um, declaration of funds here in Florida, I would just say, look at the way that we handle hurricanes mm-hmm. and consider, imagine that, but f- on fire, like that's like, just, just flaming on fire. So anyway, all these people are coming. It's not really very many. It's just like, like, like Rob says in his article, it's like a handful of people. Um, uh, but they're, you know, billionaires or hundred millionaires or whatever who are saying like, that's it. Sick of California, sick of the regulations. And the other thing that triggered them most recently, most of these guys have like sort of libertarian leanings Mm -hmm. right like they're like they think that business is always a solution and that um that government only gets in the way and that uh you know it it should not be their job they should not have to bend or alter the way that they behave or the way that they they do business because of any kind of like regulations or anything like that the other thing that has sort of animated them is like these guys want to get back to work these guys want to, but to to a degree where they don't give a fuck about these mask mandates, about these like you know public closures, about things like you know um, burdensome rules around social distancing and and other safety requirements and things like that. These guys, for them, the last straw on top of being taxed, on top of um, you know having to deal with regulations, uh, on top of you know. The overall cost of California, because California is fucking expensive. Sure. It's and it's, and it's super expensive place. Um, on top of that, when the time came uh, that everybody was being sort of reined in and you could kind of draw color lines between red states and blue states between like, okay, over here in Texas, over here in Florida, it's the wild, wild west, man. Have fun. Take off your mask. Fucking piss in people's mouths. It's, you know. <laughs> Like, enjoy, enjoy. And then in California, they're like, no, you have to wear a fucking mask when you go to Whole Foods, asshole, or we're going to make a viral video out of you and, you know, uh, and 
everybody will know your name and what fucking shitty company you work for and they'll withdraw their funding from your company. Mm-hmm. Um, so those color lines were drawn and that was enough for a lot of these guys. And um, so they're, they're heading here. And this was a similar thing with the finance industry, which is another industry that lends itself to being able to work um, work uh, remotely, right? There are these industries where you've always known that they could work remotely. Right. And they just either stuck to Wall Street or stuck to um, Silicon Valley or stuck to these specific places sort of out of these outdated senses of like tradition and decorum or whatever. They don't need to be there. Wall Street could be literally anywhere or everywhere sure. all the time. Um, anyway, this article that Rob wrote is a, a, a tidy summary of not just all these guys that want to, that are that are moving here at the behest of um, Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, but also sort of the anxiety that that some of the existing because Miami does have a very small tech scene, like a little thriving miniature. It's like a, a tiny, tiny slice of the economy, but um, it, it does have a tech scene. And this is the oldest thing in the world, right? Like a city saying, like Austin has done this. All these cities have done this where they're like, oh, we're the next Silicon Valley. Right. The next Silicon Valley. And at one point, the reason I wanted to, you know, with all that preamble, the reason I wanted to get your thoughts on this is because like there was a point about 11 years ago where the next one was Vegas, right? Because Tony Shea, which who very sadly um, died as a result of, I guess, I guess you could say COVID. Like he died because of COVID. Yeah, it's a, a chain reaction from it, basically. Right. Um, read up on that on your own if you want. It's a really sad story. But Tony Shea was, um, you know, kind of an asshole, but a nice guy. And I, I know that a lot of our friends owe a lot to him because, like, he funded a lot of their shit, like restaurants and stuff. But, like, try to, can you explain, like, what it was that Tony Shea tried to do in Vegas and, like, what the net effect, if anything, was from your perspective? I mean, I don't know as far as business is concerned, like numbers and success and things like that, as far as the people who uh, got invested uh, by him and his downtown project. But I know that absolutely the downtown area that was his focus, you know, it definitely exploded from his input. And I don't I don't know that we really became the major tech player that uh, his goal was to make downtown Las Vegas become, but it certainly exploded as far as growth, though. I mean, you know, you've only been here maybe three, four times since then, maybe a few times more, but I mean, it is just unrecognizable from when it first started. And every time we're downtown, it's still growing, even though his, uh, his, you know, reach is, you know, over with, you know, before he passed, I mean, it was, you know, already basically slowed down. He wasn't investing in anything that downtown project wasn't really, uh, an active thing like that, but it's still just, there's just all these projects that like long-term are still popping up and it's still continuing to transform. And so, I mean, I do think that it's, it's had a really huge impact on downtown Las Vegas. I just don't know if, uh, you know, if the initial goal was really see, seen through in any yeah. meaningful way. Yeah. See this, the, the, this is what I'm talking about. Like the, Miami is so fly by night that this could end up being nothing. This could end up being a series of five stories that run five or six stories that run in the Miami Herald and then sort of peter out uh, around the, um, you know, the time that the vaccine starts to take hold in Mm. like May or whatever. Right. Um, Or it could turn into like a longer, more expansive things thing. All of the stakeholders who have an interest in like making Miami into a a tech hub um, are 
buying in fully. Like all their public statements are like, this is the moment. This is the time. It's happening. It's finally fucking happening. They're, they get it. They're coming here. And there are some things in Miami's favor. Miami does, not Miami, not the University of Miami, which is a prominent school, but ultimately it's a very tiny pub, private school. FIU, which is our, our public university out here, which uh, is very similar to UNLV. It's really big. It has a lot of students. It's mostly a commuter school. It actually graduates the fourth most computer science majors in the country. Hmm. Um, it's a not really well-known school. It has some good schools within it, but it's mostly like not a very prestigious school. It's it's sort of just a commuter school. It's like UNLV. And um, so what I guess my point is, is that like similar to with Shea, right? When Shea came to Vegas and when a lot of these guys will decide to make like a city, their little personal project, I would say beware of somebody who's leaving a place where it's expected that they have to contribute, whether it's through taxes or to the culture or to the society. Um, in the case of California, it's to, you know, very exorbitant high rates of tax. Uh, and they're going someplace where there's zero tax, where there's zero state in this case, in, in the cases of Nevada and in Florida, mm -hmm. zero income tax. Yeah. Right. Because that doesn't spell, oh, these people are coming here to help. These people are coming here to build. These people are coming here to make something better. What I see is these people are billionaires and they didn't get that way by just going around to different cities and sprinkling money all over the place. Right. Yeah. That's not that's not what happened. And that's not the way that it works. The other thing I would say is that when we think of like the modern iteration of Silicon Valley, which I think you can sort of go back to the dot-com boom of like 2000 and move forward from there. So even though Silicon Valley has been itself since like 19, the, the 70s, I suppose. These people that we're talking about, the Andreessen's, the like, uh, the Peter Thiel's, the like, the, the big name funder guys, when they got their, their fangs into this physical space, of San Francisco, the Bay Area. I would say just consider what San Francisco used to be to what it is now. Because what it is now, and I've been to San Francisco a few times pretty recently, and it's a real hollowed out fucking husk of a place. It's the kind of place, it's basically like a like an enormous West Elm that you have to pay <laughs> like a it's you remember the joke that I think it was um I forget whose character it was, but on Louis on, on, on the the Louis show where he was like the the character who was it Doug uh, Doug whatchamacallit, the the stand up Doug Stanhope who said like Doug Stanhope's character said something along along the lines of Louis was like hey you're gonna stay here in, in the city for a little while he's like are you kidding me it costs sixty dollars an hour just to be here yeah just to like physically be here it costs sixty bucks an hour and that's how San Francisco is unlivable one of our favorite movies from a couple years ago the last black man in San Francisco oh yeah um ex explored this how this this culture this city with like a rich cultural identity and history Miami mm -hmm. um lost it because of just sort of this bland I don't even know if you want to call it gentrification because I don't know if you would consider the tech class the gentry right they're more like their own thing they're how do you how do you explain it when you're a family that makes maybe between the mother and the father, $200,000 a year. And you have like a solid upper middle class income with your kids and like, you know, two kids, a dog or whatever. And then within a matter of 10 years, 
everybody who's moved in around you is like in their early 20s and they make 500 grand a year. Mm. They're like bunking up in every, turning every single one of their houses into fucking accelerators. And, you know, your dog gets run over by a self-driving car. Like, it, I, I, I mean, I'm being facetious about this stuff, but it's a it's a wheat thrasher of a. Of a, of a of a of a city is what they turned the Bay Area into mm-hmm. a wheat thrasher with rubber bumper rails on it. Like it's it's not a livable place anymore. It's not a good place. But there are still poor people. Except instead of living in like you know lower income housing or just like shittier apartments or like apartment complexes or whatever you know all the myriad different layers of existence that poor people occupy. And working people occupy throughout this country, they're fully marginalized. Either they live like fifty miles away and they have to drive fifty miles, in, uh, you know, into San Francisco to, to to work if that's what their lot is, or they've been forced out, or they're homeless, that, or they've fallen off the, the bottom rail of society. That like kind of leads into my question about this whole thing because, uh, you know, downtown Las Vegas, aside from just you know having some like you know cool hipster stuff back when you know we were younger and hanging out there is mostly just empty and homeless people and stuff like that and so it was like kind of ripe for revitalization is the area that they're thinking of doing this in in miami like what is it like there well there's no there's there hasn't been a geographic area identified so there's not like a specific spot they're trying to do there are blighted areas in Miami where, like, if you were to coordinate the way that Shea did, if you were to coordinate, what was it, $380 million back in 2010? I or think so. Like that, yeah. $380 million. Honestly, $380 million wouldn't take you very far in Miami. Three hundred eighty. Mm. You need about five times that much to be able to make a dent in, you know, acquiring, like, downtown space. Or, you know, you'd need, you'd need, like, a solid billion, billion dollars to be able to, uh, not just that, but to fund things. I mean, like... Real estate's insanely expensive here because it's going fast, folks. It's going to be gone in about sixty years. But mm-hmm. um, like it, uh, it, it's it's different here. I, I think that what would happen is that all of these tech companies and the, the 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 VCs who are supporting them would bolt onto existing structures. Like mm-hmm. we have beautiful, huge buildings here. We have, um, you know housing i don't want to call it's not affordable but compared to san francisco it is like we you can get downtown a decent apartment for like 3500 bucks a month that's not bad i mean like Mm -hmm. you know you can't do that in san francisco i think like you know they're twice that much to get a decent you know two three bedroom apartment um here uh, here it's completely different i think that they would bolt on i think that i think the attraction is and again this goes back to my warning it's like if people are coming to you because you're cheap, that should be a warning sign. That's right. It should be if they're trying to get away from from like like what if what if you started what if a woman started dating a guy, right? And the guy was like, you know, I really love you. Uh, I really like I I think that this is going to work out with us because let me tell you my last girlfriend, she barely let me slap her around, and um, she was always pissed off when I would cheat on her, and when I would, you know, uh, take a shit on the porch, get when I would get hammered and take a shit on the porch, um, you know, she would always give me hell and give me a hard time about that. Um, you know, I think it's going to be great dating you. Like, what <laughs> would you think about the prospects of that relationship? 
Right. Because that's what these libertarian tech funders want to do. They want to go someplace where they don't have to, where they can, where they can shit on the porch, where they don't have to, um, they don't have to pay taxes. Uh, again, like the same thing with Shay. In 10 years, there will be a few things that they can like write press releases about or point to and be like, oh yeah, well look, they came and they did A, B, and C. Look, we have that cool set of coffee houses now over off of fucking, uh, you know, where it used to just be like, a you know, the El Cortez blighted, falling apart, you know, husk of a, you know, husk of a casino. Now we have an artisanal craft house or and whatever. a praying mantis that shoots fire and, and a praying mantis that shoots fire out of a fucking um container that's what i wrote on twitter earlier today i had said something like i had been like if you people think that these tech funders are coming to florida are coming to miami because they want to help out and they want to like give you high paying jobs then i've got like some unused storage or what do you call it shipping containers in vegas right. that i could sell you yeah <laughs> And I guess that's my point is it's like, I don't think that that promise was realized in Vegas. I think you can point to maybe, and again, like a lot of our friends, right? They're sort of indoctrinated because their pizza place got some help from it. Or they're like, um, you know, their their startup that, I don't know, like brings you uh, like on-demand hookah or something like that. I don't know, whatever, like all the random shit that, that, that like popped up, you know, like... Like it, and that's great. We love those friends. They're our friends. We love that they got like a couple hundred grand to run their business, or that they, and you know, it probably didn't last that long because Dave, how many of those fucking businesses, that huge boom of startups that happened in 2012 in Vegas, how many of them are around? Yeah, mostly replaced, and especially mostly replaced or and, gone and, or? and that's the that's the thing too, especially now, like how any anything that like got money 12 years ago is going to weather this. You know, this current moment, it's like n- nobody's investing that kind of crazy money now. And like what 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 a lot of people think when they see this, when they read about this is like, oh, my kid, because a lot of times, like, let's be honest, a lot of times the people who are the, the what do you call it, like the Beacon Council or the Chamber of Commerce style people that get most excited about this stuff, they're thinking about it in terms of like the future. They're like, oh, well, you know, my kid is a teenager. He's going to go to college here or maybe somewhere else and come back. And he's going to have like this great, these great job opportunities here in Miami. He's going to be able to be a programmer for Uber. And my point is like, it's way more likely you're going to be a driver for Uber. Mm -hmm. Like it's way more likely that that's what's going to end up happening. Because tech, all of the big advancements in tech, you've talked about this before, about the the way that, that jobs are dying. Like, this is right. one of your big bugaboos that you always think about, your preoccupations. Um, most of the big advancements of tech in the last, I would say, 10 years have just been about, like, innovative ways to circumvent labor laws. Yeah, right. To just be like, oh, here's the problem with traditional industry X. In traditional industry X, we traditionally have to pay people. We found a way around that. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I guess that's an innovation. Now we don't have to pay people. Now we just, you know, make people, oh, here, here, here's the thing. You go to the DMV and you change your classification to um, a primate. And then if you're a primate, <laughs> legally, we can pay you below minimum wage because primates are allowed to be paid lower wages. And, uh, and then having been a human, you can sign away your own right to your, you know, 
primate daily feeding, and that'll save us even more money. Sounds and, like progress uh, and then you to can me. Go, you can go shop for people at fucking Publix wearing a mask all day long. <laughs> it's dystopian, man. My thing about tech is that if tech, if, if what the tech industry have been doing, what these guys call unicorns, if if it has been, I don't know, what is the shit we think of? We, You and I have talked about this before, where it's like tech isn't like, a teleporter or something like it's not it's not like it's not really creating things like that anymore and I, I don't know how to explain there must be some sort of like theoretical or philosophical word for the gap i'm trying to explain it's just making 4k televisions into 8k televisions at this mm-hmm. point it's just using existing technology to like shave off the edges of quality and make things a, like incrementally faster and incrementally cheaper i guess well like, cheap, cheaper like seems big... like the big thing that like that's yeah. always the thing it's it's just this race to the bottom of cheapness which leads into like a whole discussion you could have about how nobody knows how to actually make a long lasting business because nothing makes money anymore it's like yeah all everything about... is just on a timer everything yeah. is just on a timer to like you say a race to the bottom it's like okay well i invented this cool thing oh cool well then my competitor is going to invent them you know what does what does tesla do when everybody is making those cars and is like making them at the same quality and is making them, you know, at 10% lower cost, right? The thing is that it doesn't matter for Tesla anymore because Tesla is only is only an avatar for one guy, for Elon Musk. And the only thing that matters to Elon Musk is the shell game of venture capital where he's able to get more rounds of funding and then pump up his value of his company. And then that increases his personal net worth. And whether or not he, you, like, have you, dude, go try to buy a Tesla. Do it tomorrow. You can't do it. They don't have them. Like, you can't fucking buy these cars. Right. I mean, maybe that's changed in the last two years with, like, inventory and people not buying cars anymore. Because, like, who the fuck needs to buy a car right now? But, like, <laughs> I always, I remember it's such a bespoke conceptual thing it's not a real industry it's not like like what we think of as kids it's from the 80s where it's like you know michael keaton working in the fucking uh michael keaton working at the at the auto plant with the japanese people and the fucking the cars rolling off the assembly lines and people that getting spray painted and then like going out onto the lot and people buying them that industry the way that we think of what a healthy industry is it like doesn't exist everything is just a shell game of like oh how can i like you know move some move some some numbers from column a to column b to make it look like this thing's healthier to drive our share point our share price up a few percentage points and uh and then my net worth goes up yeah and i know in some in some ways it's always been that way but at least fucking things were getting made and at least it felt realer more tactile things were made out of fucking metal and i'm starting to sound like dennis leary now complaining about like <laughs> how things used they to don't be make them shit. like they used to they don't make them like they used to shit like that but like I don't know. Like, d- 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 it must feel like a lot of that shit. I'm a Vegas observer. You live in Vegas. To me, it feels like that next Silicon Valley shit mostly turned out to be bullshit. And there's just enough little incremental things that ev- that touched everybody's lives that they all feel like on on balance it was worth it it was like yeah fuck it yeah i got i got a forty thousand dollar check from zappos to you know develop a um a a a new type of underwear that would let you go 
that would like you know give you directions from Club Tau back to the office in the morning or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, there, there, there's a a cool bar we got to uh, do a live bird road at. So there's that. Yeah. Well, rebar, rebar was rebar. Yeah. Rebar was a result of. Uh, oh yeah. Absolutely. See, yeah, and the arts—that's the thing that these guys will do. But okay, so like the one that just came right was this guy trying to remember his name i don't remember his name just one of these anonymous like they all invested in either paypal or they invested in fucking um in in ebay like all of them like there were only two things that ever made money apparently because every single person who has money in silicon valley invested in paypal or ebay yeah and like somehow all the money came from those two sites also, two two of the worst websites on the entire internet. They both feel Absolute like they're, they're the same website from from uh, 1998 or 1998, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, terrible. So, one of these guys was, uh, I guess, the the point I was going to make about him is he's like this libertarian dude who now has announced that he's. I think it was yesterday he announced that he's going to be moving to Miami, which. Um, also, it's become like a move to get a little bit of attention and to get people to listen to you and pay attention. It's like, I'm moving to Miami. And I was looking this guy up and yeah, like sure enough, he's involved in like these boards uh, in San Francisco. He's part of the, you know, arts and sciences this and the fucking film academy of San Francisco that and all these different philanthropic organizations, which again, that shit is all cover. That shit is covered to be like, look at what a great guy these people, what a great guy this is for this, you know, for the community. It's like a celebrity it, thing. Yeah, it's like a celebrity thing, but mostly it's like, it's cover for you to not notice that he's extracting. Yeah. I don't know about it, if this guy's a billionaire or not, but like hundreds of millions of dollars of value. He's not inventing it out of in, out of nowhere. He's extracting it out of the labor and extracting it out of the larger social value of that place. And guess what? All that great work that he was that he's doing on all those boards, the second that it became uh, slightly inconvenient for him to be a member of that community, a productive you know pillar of San Francisco, he's fucking gone, mm-hmm. and he's and to Miami, where we're gonna pin all of our hopes and dreams on him, the same fucking bag in the wind that he was then, and all these guys are. Because the minute that we start to have any kind of expectations here, like, oh, hey, maybe we should expect $100,000 a year salaries here because we're an educated and and in-demand workforce. And then guess what? See you later, Miami. You guys have gotten too fucking liberal and too fucking left-wing for me. I'm moving our our next gigafactory is going to be in Kuala Lumpur. (laughs) I mean, I, I just... I don't know, man. I think it's a real fucking cautionary tale, and I wanted to I wanted to bring it up, and I'm gonna mark this episode as one that we'll go back to in ten years, and we'll see what the fuck happened. We'll see how it ended up playing out. Yeah, because I don't think it's gonna play out good for Miami, and but you know who it'll play out good for is the mayor that I talked about at the beginning, um, Francis Suarez. He's gonna end up with because he'll you know term out or whatever. He'll he'll leave his bullshit position as mayor and he'll be like some sort of president of something and he'll be raking in huge huge amounts of money as like a a deal maker or a door opener he's you know just the child of one fucking shitty mayor feeding into the next generation of shitty mayors um yeah man 
Don't trust tech people. That's if there's the, anything uh, we learned. Yeah, that's the main lesson here. If the, if there's if there's anything that we've learned from the the actual show Silicon Valley, which if you talk to people, they like are stunned at how accurate that show was. Right. Yeah. That show was not much of a send up. It was mostly just a portrayal of what the actual place and the people who run it are like. What about you? What do you got going on? What do you what do you care about? What do I care about? Did you end up watching Tenet? I watched Tenet right before we started recording this. Oh, that's the movie you were talking about. Like, if this movie will ever fucking end, I that's what I was phone. saying. Although I really, I really did enjoy it, though. But, uh, but yeah, I All mean, right, it's, so you want to like, throw movie. out a little, a little spoiler alert for anybody out there who hasn't watched Tenet? Spoiler alert! Spoiler um, alert! Um, what uh, would you think of it? Uh, I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I you know, agree with you. It, it, it's great. I wish I had it's seen it fun. in a theater. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot of, course, of fun. Of I, I can't imagine why people think it's not fun. I, I also think even though I definitely didn't follow every little intricate part of the time travel, I don't think that that hurts it at all. Um, I, I think it's just, yeah, it's like you said, it's fun to just well, go I'm along told, with. I'm told by numerous uh, Reddit, and I'm not joking about this because Reddit is usually like shorthand for like just crazy internet people, but I'm saying legitimate actual Reddit um threads mm-hmm. or what do you call them reddit groups or whatever i don't know whatever. um subreddits subreddits that, uh, that's a, yeah. i'm told by numerous subreddits that the more <laughs> 100% devoted to this movie um that the more you watch it like all of the time stuff that's confusing on the first watch starts to smooth out and make sense and you're yeah. like Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like I can see why. The thing that fucks with me is I understand the conceptual stuff. I understand right. like the where I had problems um, making it jibe was the f- the physical activity and action in space. Mm-hmm. People moving backwards and forwards at the same time. Yeah. Um, like also that, keeping track of which ones are the people on one path and who are the people on the other path. That was also well. The end, the end battle scene was yeah. pure gibberish to me. Yeah, I, I just, right. <laughs> I was just along for the ride at that exactly point because yeah. I was like, okay, some people are running. I understood it was like I, I thought the concept of a pincer movement was was really inventive mm-hmm. and interesting. Where it's like, oh, we start from forward here and you start from back here, and then we're going backwards, you're going forwards, and we converge on one spot and attack. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's a cool idea. Um, and imagine if you're the people being attacked, you have no fucking idea what to do. There's right. things coming from before time and then people, yeah, uh, whatever. It sounds like I'm like gooning out over a fucking Chris, Christopher Nolan movie and I'm <laughs> not some huge Christopher Nolan fan. I just, I was so starved for that kind of a movie. Yeah, like that, a that's movie another like, thing. Yeah, yeah. Th- this has been like... It, it, anyone listening will be doing a top 10 movies of the year episode on piecing it together. There have been a lot of great movies uh, this year, despite everything that's happened and theaters being closed. But uh, none of them are like this though, as far as like blockbuster, just a big action fun movie. And so, so it it was really exciting. Yeah. And like locations and shit like that, like big, big stuff like that. It was it was great to see something like that. The closest I, thing was Bad Boys for Life, I guess. It's the first thing <laughs> I've seen. It's the first thing I've seen um, since uh, lockdown. Not lockdown. What do you call it? Since um, quarantine. Since COVID. Quarantine. Whatever. Yeah. It's the first thing I've seen since quarantine that was that made, that I actually wish that I'd seen it in a movie theater. Right. Like you know. 
Um, speaking of things that should probably be in movie theaters and won't be, maybe one more topic we can touch on is uh, that that has happened in the subsequent like four weeks since the last time we actually recorded an episode together. All the Disney shit. And I guess also drowned out in the Disney shit. Wasn't there like some Warner Brothers news too? Like oh yeah, just prior to that, huge. Like, that, that's way you... worse. That's way worse than the Disney stuff. That is because, look, I you know obviously they need to just you know plan accordingly for this for 2021. Not gonna be that much better than 2020. Hopefully 2022 will get back to some kind of you know normalcy. But uh, I just the long reaching repercussions of of them making this decision what what's going to happen so is wait, set, set the ground ground the ground yeah rules. it's that like um they the warner brothers had a bunch of this is different and distinct from the disney stuff right. warner brothers had a bunch of movies in the pipeline right and they were just kind of to one degree or another pushing them off well, and not yeah. doing the tenant thing they were like no let's not repeat that mistake yeah um but the the quandary was like, okay, if that's the mistake, then what's the not mistake? Going broke, giving it away for free, like right. Yeah. Well, that's essentially what they're doing now, which is why it's so freaking crazy. But what they're doing, okay, it, here's where the real problem comes in. They they took the idea of okay, let's just release these movies on you know at home at the same time as in the theater because a lot of people can't go to the theater they took that idea which is fine it makes total sense but what they did is they said we're going to do it for every single one of our 2021 movies without speaking to the filmmakers or anything so these movies all will not make an extra penny back they they whatever the deal is that's been cut for them all to go to hbo max as a kind of a loss leader deal to get people to subscribe to HBO Max, but not to actually make any kind of money in the process, none of these movies are going to have the potential to, you know, be box office smashes, make, you know, actual profits. Like, they're just all going to basically cut even. And so what does that do for the next movies from these directors, for, from these filmmakers, for these series, the ones that are, you know, sequels to these big franchises? What does that mean when they're going to look back or, at this one and say, oh, well, this one made no money whatsoever because it was free on HBO Max? Are they doing, Are but they're doing something, I, I maybe I heard this on a podcast, like, the thing I always think of is, like, I appreciate when somebody is, like, a creator is kind of, either they pull the Vin Diesel where they're just like, uh, you know, Vin Diesel was like a middling uh, actor a little bit on the rise back in like 1998 or whatever. And if I remember the lore correctly, he, he basically was like, Oh, this is a really cool movie about racing. And they were like, well, if you want to make this movie, like, you know, you're going to have to come, come out of your own pocket. And he was like, fine. Then I own 20% of it or whatever. Sure. And now he owns twenty percent of like ten Billions. billion dollars, <laughs> right? But so like yeah. that, but that won't happen for these exactly. people. Yeah, like that's they, not going like to happen. A, I don't know if she does or not, but if like Patty Jenkins, I think Patty Jenkins, Patty Jen- if Patty Jenkins owns a piece of Wonder Woman, she's not going to get anything because of right, that. she's not going to make anything because of this. And the the what people like me would say is you know keep delaying it. I mean, the world is fucked right now. Just. But, you know, put out these indie movies and whatever and delay the big ones that had earning potential, you know, um, you know, as much as I would love to watch these small indie movies in the theater, like I get it, you know, put those out as the content that we need right now. Uh, but because your concern is the larger overall health of 
Yes, ex- exactly. Of, of because like cinema. It, it, who is going to fund movies in 2022 if everybody already expects them all to be free with their little $9 a month subscription? Like, mm-hmm. w- there's no potential. It, you're, why would you spend, a, you know, obviously I don't want every movie to be a $100 million blockbuster, but why would you spend $50 million on a movie if it's not going to make any more than that $50 million back? It's just going to make that in the licensing deal and... There's no potential for it to be, oh, the sleeper hit of the summer and make $150 million, you know? So that's Warner Brothers. So everything in Warner Brothers in 2021, like, what is that? What, what does that include other than, I mean, obviously, I think in a few days. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman is yeah, the first. But then it, it includes uh, The Matrix 4. It, it includes. Um, crazy. The Matrix yeah, 4. I know. It's crazy that they're even making that. Uh, it's funny because is Keanu in that? Uh, yeah, yeah, they okay, actually so got him back for The it. reason I wanted to like ask you at the start of the show about like potentially getting back into gaming was because of that fucking video game that's which is out. like a disaster. Which yeah. is apparently also a fucking disaster. Yeah, like yeah. I know. I don't um, understand that, but that shit's crazy. What, what, um, else? what, what else they got? Uh the new conjuring movie, which probably would have been huge. Uh Godzilla versus King Kong, Suicide Squad, Dune, uh In the Heights. Uh, that yeah. probably would have been a big hit. Um, that would have been a big hit. Writing that Hamilton, uh, yeah, Hamilton steam. Yep. So I mean, all all those movies culture. are going to be essentially free. I mean, a lot of people. I get HBO Max for free because I already have an, a cable uh, subscription. Every Cox member gets HBO Max free, so I'm not going to pay a penny to watch those movies. Like millions of other people are not going to pay a penny to watch them. Yeah, but you but the way those deals work is that you just activating that account and turning it on means yeah. that through Cox um, Yeah, there's some Warner's, money changing Warner's playing getting hands. Paid. Yeah, there's some it's, money yeah. changing hands, but but it's going to it's going to create a uh, a culture of expecting that. I think obviously people like me, the day I have the inject, you know, the injection of the vaccine, I'm going back to the movie theater. But, uh, you know, other people, though, are sir, just going sir, to be sir, so. That was the fake vaccine. That was the fake one. Come back. Other people will never go back as soon as they get these movies for free at home. Um, then so Disney, I guess, is a completely different. Uh, yeah, Disney that's is like surprising. It's like a pure flex, right? Yeah, Disney is surprising me a little bit because as much as they also, you know, I don't think are doing things exactly right, I in a strange way by making it Disney Plus plus twenty dollars, at least is still adding some like like this is something special to the movie. Like there's still money to be made, there's still you know, it, it and of course, you know, who doesn't want everything for fucking free? I mean, that's like the American way, but like you know, it's like it, at least they're still adding some value or not adding value. That's the wrong way of putting it. Uh, uh, you know, showing these movies as having value, you know? Yeah. So, well, look, as a good socialist, I'm trying to think of like the best way to approach these issues. And honestly, the way that I the only way I can think of because these like the profligacy and the like the the amount of money that's being thrown around and spent on ultimately puff is like it's so much money and then like when there's these huge losses there's so much so the only way that i think of these things is in terms of like the working people that are actually working on them yeah because i think of a of a show like mandalorian which i just got done watching and i really enjoyed and again like make no mistake (laughs) disney's a disney is a profoundly evil one of the top five most evil companies definitely 
I mean, like you put them right in there with like the people who are just dumping, you know, like dumping toxic chemicals into like the Yangtze River or whatever. Like they're right there with them. <laughs> yeah, they're right there with like sweatshop owners that like that 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 collapse multi-story buildings on top of like eight-year-old you know workforces and um, workforces of eight-year-old children, and so. Like, fuck Disney in every appreciable... And fuck Warner Brothers, too, in every appreciable way. Like, in, in any kind of way. They're all fucking terrible. Disney's particularly evil. But, but, there are people working on those films. And they're good jobs. And it's, it's working class work. It's actual... Like, for every Christopher Nolan going out there bitching about these deals, there's, you know, he there are people... And I, I hesitate to say Christopher Nolan is employing them. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like, boss worship. And that's bullshit, too. But there are... Uh, you know, 10,000 people that worked on Tenet that made like, you know, in, in between like 50000 and $150,000 a, yeah. a year working on it. But whatever. And not to drag this on, but uh, to that point though, if these movies can't make as much money, the budgets are going to shrink and they're going to be forced to make these movies for less money with less people employed, with more computer right. effects and, and just, you know, yeah, do like it the, the cheapest way possible. The- the Unreal Engine, like yeah. where you just get rid of all of animation and graphics people, and you just get like a you know a, a Korean animation studio to just create a world yeah. for you or whatever. Yeah, exactly. All that's what we've got to look forward to. If uh, if there's not some kind of middle ground, you know, reached, or hopefully things just get better. But that's so not the last happen. thing. I, the the last thing I wanted to end on is like, Dave, were you paying attention over the summer? I guess over like maybe the last year and a half when the band trapped. Like their Twitter account got really like far right wing, like pro Trump, and like like real like real, they became like real assholes. I heard about and just that it was like the singer, maybe it was like one member it was of the, the band. Singer, yeah. yeah, one member of the band, but they're still touring, and they were doing like maskless concerts <laughs> through COVID and everything. Yeah. And they were getting in fights with leftists and, and they're like, they're musicians who are the guy, whoever he is, he's a musician. So he doesn't know shit. So he was saying like really stupid shit and he was trying to inject himself, but like it's trapped. So they have like, I don't know, like a half a million fans that follow them. So they're a big Twitter, a semi big Twitter account. And they're just picking fights with like random leftist podcasters and shit like that. So, I want to direct you to the exact opposite of Trapped. Over the last few weeks, or few days really, the band Eve6 has become one of the best accounts on Twitter. Um, and they've Weren't just they been on like, the Garden State soundtrack, I think? Possible. Possibly. I don't know. Um, but they <laughs> have been doing a thing where they, where they have been calling their own great song the heart in a blender song and they've been like you know you guys know that we're the ones who did the heart in a blender song right and they tweeted at maynard from tool and they're like hey maynard did you like the heart in a blender song when we did that (laughs) (laughs) i just think that's so great everything's so stupid Everything's so stupid. <laughs> Twenty years ago, that song was way bigger than any Tool song. <laughs> Huge. Huge song. And I don't even know what the name of it was, but it's funny that they understand that most people don't remember what the name of that song was, so they just call it the Heart in a Blender song. And um yeah, their their uh their Twitter account has become like Eve Six has but has become a real um 
source of uh, of humor. And That's pretty great. I, I've in, I've in been enjoying uh, I've been enjoying the lead singer from the Spin Doctors. He he has a pretty good Twitter. Wait, I thought he died. <laughs> no, no, he's still around. You're probably thinking no. of Blind Melon. That's right. I was thinking yeah. of Blind Melon. The lead singer from Spin Doctors had that crazy. Um, you ever hear? You heard this story, right? He lost his voice in like he had some sort of psychological blocker. I, wow, I'm getting I didn't this know wrong. Yeah, and like right after they had their their second or their third big song, because they were good. They were really good. Oh, I love those I two mean, singles. They're just incredible. It, it will never. Like I'll always think of like Chasing Amy era, yeah, you know, yeah. '90s, where like you were a teenager and you had friends that were older than you and they had apartments with brick wall and shit like that. And that music would be playing in that apartment. Hell yeah. And like, um, but yeah, apparently he, he like lost his voice in a really fucked up way that derailed their entire, um, their that entire makes book. sense. Cause yeah, they just like totally disappeared. Yeah. Just like we're about to do right now. Right.